With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you to this week's group call for tactical sovereignty. This is the Matrix discussion group call, as in exiting the Matrix. On this wonderful, rainy, thunderstorm evening in southwest or on southwest Florida. Um, and... Uh, my co-host Keith and I were just kind of chatting before the recording started. Uh, people listening to the replay, you'll probably notice that the recording started at one point, stopped and started again. I don't know why it decided to do that. Um, you know, we often hear people talk about their computers or phones and say, oh, it's got a mind of its own and different things like that. Or it, it's possessed. <laughs> well, you know what? That might be closer to the truth than people realize. This technology came from somewhere. You know, think back 100 years ago, people were just starting to learn about automobiles and things like that. So, bang, all of a sudden in the late 40s and forward, all this technology started sprouting up. And if anybody listens to economic reports over the past six months, it's interesting that the one thing that's booming in the economy right now, as far as on the stock market goes, is technology. Everybody is scrambling for the newest and hottest thing. Why is that? It kind of should send up a red flag. Anyway, uh, one of the things we were chatting about before I started the recording was there's a document that I wrote on Friday, a notice of liability. And at first I didn't name anybody for it. And I sat back and just kind of watched and it didn't click in anybody's head what it was about. Although in reading it, if people have been around for a while and know a lot of these so-called wannabe gurus or whatever they claim they are, think they are, whatever, um, you'd be able to pick up out of the language of the document as to what kind of situations and issues I was referring to. And to me, one of the things that, I've observed over the past few years, I've only been in this for five years, all right? But when I started five years ago, I dove in head first. I turned off all media, all everything, and I did three things in life, and I pretty much still do. I researched, I slept, and I went to work. Those were the only three things I did. And I read tons of documents, listened to plenty of court cases, researched plenty of court cases, uh, looked on script or scribed, uh, however you want to pronounce it, online, and looked at things people were submitting, different documents and things. And, and then went and started researching how things are really structured, how things really work. And I have found suddenly that it was very different than what a lot of people think. And very different than what some of these people that people look up to as leaders or whatever in the truth community are, are putting out. And at the same time, I've seen something else. And I think everybody's familiar with, say, having an encounter with the police or in court or something like that. And 
being accused of, oh, are you a sovereign citizen? You must be one of those sovereign citizens. <laughs> They're automatically lumping you into a class with all of these idiot, patriotar-type movements that have been out there thinking that you're one of them. And I thought, you know what? It really would behoove people if you had a document that said, these people don't speak for me. And within the document, you don't have to name people individually because they are numerous. <laughs> There's a lot of them out there. Um, but you could refer basically just to the types of things they are spewing. And that way you could draw a separation and say, hey, yeah, I'm not part of that. I don't know what these guys are doing. Uh, yeah, maybe they do need to have a psych evaluation, <laughs> uh, which personally, well, John, I think some of them really do. <laughs> John, that, John, Vincent Ballard, John Vincent Ballard did a video this morning, and I watched it, and he was speaking about, you know, everybody's got all this stuff that they want to assert, and that's fine for them. But for him, he does his own thing, and that might include things that other people do. But that is not him. That is not his process. That is not a process for him. It's just material that he uses in doing what he does. And that's a definite distinction from any group. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's one of the things that I found fascinating. <clears throat> oh, yeah, for instance, um, I got a, because all I do is research, all I use tactical sovereignty for the only, my only purpose for establishing the group was to store my research so I could go back and look at it again later. And if other people wanted to follow along on the journey, they could. Um, uh, th there's been numerous situations, but one immediately comes to mind where I got a message from somebody while I was leaving work that said, so-and-so wants you to call them. And I said, why? So, well, they're having a meeting with three or four other people right now, and they want you to jump in the meeting. I said, okay. So I jumped in the meeting, and there was some, some specific information that they were looking for <clears throat> uh, dealing with the IRS. Um, this was, oh gosh, four years ago, three years ago. And so I gave them what I knew about it, and I also gave them links as to where they can find what they wanted to know was located at. And two days later, there was a YouTube out. And, oh, my gosh, would you imagine that all of this stuff I provided was now being provided over YouTube? You know, and so we run into a lot of that, just just like you were mentioning John Vince Valor, uh, a.k.a. Um, Mr. Michaels. And, but Robert and Michael and I are working closely together right now on a very big thing. But. Like he said, you know, we might use a little piece, and not only might we use a little piece, but what we see them using, they might have got from the people that do the research. You know, they're just having fun making YouTubes and stuff, uh, so that they really don't have the time to do the research. But so they're going and grabbing little snippets of information from all different people and throwing it into their stuff. So it may not be a case necessarily that we're using their thing, but they're grabbing stuff and putting it out for everybody else. And I, I think that's something that is important to pay attention to. I've noticed that in my research and I, 
and people will send me stuff. Hey, have you heard about this? And I'll look at it and I'll listen to them talk or I'll read what they write. And I'm like, I know this language. I know exactly where this came from. And it didn't come from them. They got it from X, Y, or Z, you know? And that's the same way they see it. Yep. When they recognize the language, there's, it's just like UCC says, or used to say in UCC 1-207, a reservation of rights or like wording. So they know the like wording in the different jurisdictions and they can recognize it. The problem is the general population doesn't. Most of them can't even read and comprehend what they're reading. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've got people when they when somebody comes out and they claim to be muster master and and flag holder and muster key holder and and postmaster and executor and um what was the other one? Um commandant of the armed forces and all of these offices that most of them don't even exist to start with. <laughs> But the average Joe or whoever on the street first starting to learn things, they don't realize that. But they hear this and they're like, oh, my gosh, I, I've hit the holy grail of information. And they don't realize what, what's being happened is what's happening. Their ears are being tickled. That's all that's happening. Their ears are being tickled just like the people sitting in pews of churches today. They're there. They go there because their ears get tickled. They enjoy the mental masturbation. Oh, another master word. You know, so <laughs> that's a master word I think Gould forgot to include, actually. <laughs> well, well and it's funny. Submit that to him. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how when he made that claim of being the master of this and the master of that, and he's the new postmaster, and he saved the American post office and this and that, now everybody's got to go through him to, to access the court. That, that's just complete idiocy. He obviously doesn't understand the trinity that we're supposed to have within us. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Ghost is God. But the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is not the Father. In the plenary positions that he professes through all these multiple different uh, definitions and stuff is simply that. But he's got it so ambiguous with all those different masters of this and masters that. I can tell he doesn't understand the Trinity. Otherwise, he would make it that simple. The Father is the court. The Son is the postmaster. And the Holy Spirit is the banker. But they all operate as one in God. But they are each separate in station. And that's it. That's as simple as it gets. If you count on the, uh, the, the Son being the Christ in Eucharist, being that transporter, the postmaster, the portmaster, the one that leads you to the father in the main port and realize that he's the main court. Everything else trickles right down and you have that same power. Ye are gods. No, well, one. you know what? You know what, Keith, you're hitting on something right there. And that is, you know, when it comes to <laughs> having a master this or a master that. Um, in my viewpoint, yeah, and this may sound crazy, but aren't we only supposed to have one master and it's not an earthly master? Why claim an earthly master position? That is not the position that you are looking for. 
Correct. This is the person we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be operating and or conducting ourselves in person. In other words, we're supposed to have the internal personality come out through our body, through our actions. This is what's supposed to speak for us. This is the man. The person is inside, and it's the inside that's supposed to come out. So, in effect, though he's not a respecter of persons. It's the man that he respects because it's the body of man that shows by his actions whether that person is good or not. And that's what he respects is the effect. If the effect is to be prosperous and abundant and to help replenish Mother Earth, that's what he respects. Anything less than that done in a commercial manner, there's no respect for. Right. Period. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I wrote that and the article I just did, person versus person, where <laughs> it discusses what is, are you a person? You know what I mean? And when, when scripture talks about respect of persons, if you go into uh, the actual language of it that was used, it's talking about he's not a respecter of titles. He doesn't look at the king any higher or lower than he looks at the serf. He sees us all the same. He could care less about all these earthly titles we throw on each other, such as Muster Master, or, uh, any of that, any kind of master, whatever, keyhole, any of that crap. That means nothing. And to me, well, you know, and here's something most people, I think, some people know, but a lot of people don't. There's a big difference between your reputation and your character. Your reputation is what man thinks of you. Your reputation is all of those titles that man has bestowed on you or that you've claimed or you've usurped or whatever. Your character is what God thinks of you. That's what your creator thinks of you. That's what Yahweh thinks of you. And that is what is supposed to be important. If you take care of what Yahweh says or thinks about you, then you know what? Everything else will fall in line. The reputation will fall in line. And people that don't like what you stand for because you stand for what Yahweh says, well, you don't want those people in your life anyway. It's that easy. You, easy house cleaning, and you don't even have to do it. <laughs> yeah, when, when we talk about um, the, the title, we're talking about God, God created he them, and he named them. Adam. Now, he put Adam in the Garden of Eden and put him to sleep. He didn't put Adam and Eve in the Garden. He put Adam in the Garden. Then he put him to sleep. Then he took a rib from inside and brought it outside. He brought something from the darkness out into the light and created a woman for Adam. And then Adam named his woman, his wife, Eve. Adam named the animals. Adam named the fowl. Adam named the fish. God named Adam. And that name applies to man, both male and female. It was Adam that named Eve. When we do this and we write it in a literal sense, that becomes a title. You can call me Keith, but if you write it down on a piece of paper, either K-E-I-T-H, K-E-E-T-H, K-E-A-T-H, 
K-I-E-T-H, however you want to put it, that is a title because it's been applied to a piece of paper, which is commercial. And paper on man and slavery, period. You know, um, something you brought up in the very beginning, <coughs> that the creator made Adam and placed him in the garden. That's something most people miss, is that Adam and Eve didn't start out in the garden. They were placed there. It, the creation happened somewhere else, and then they were put there. And right. They were you, placed you as want... one. They were placed as one, named Adam, and then he pulled the rib. He, he didn't put but, Adam and Eve in the garden. He put Adam in the garden and then took a rib from Adam and created woman, made, it, made that woman Adam's wife, and Adam then named his wife. Eve. Right, right. But what, what I'm saying is since they were placed there, meant they were created somewhere else, which means there is a somewhere else. And that's something Correct. that a lot of people totally, they don't think about that. They're, they're, for some reason, their eyes or their mind just skip over that. But I mean, no, that, that, that's going down a whole different rabbit hole of well, Jesuit teaching. So I really don't want to go there. So, Well, it says in Genesis that the waters flowed forth from Eden into the garden now eden is where the tree of knowledge was and when he placed adam in there and then created the woman and adam named him named her eve and then eve ate from the fruit of the tree uh, then he took them out of the garden and made them till the land of the earth while they were in the garden everything was already provided this is my 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 uh uh, uh interpretation of heaven he already placed Adam in heaven beside him. And then when it was Eve that took of the tree of knowledge, then he removed him from heaven, put him in earth. And now they have to toil the land, pay homage to the father one day a week, paying Sabbath, homage to mother once every seven years, paying Sabbath in mother earth by letting the earth take rest. And this is all just part of our, our obligation now because the first word was broken, and that is don't eat of the tree of knowledge. Well, now that we have knowledge, we have to show that we can use it. That's our obligation. If we want to have that knowledge, we got to use it. We can't omit it. We can't hide it. We can't lie about it. We're supposed to sing about it. We're supposed to heart the herald angel sing. We're supposed to now sing his word. So that we can earn our way back into heaven. Well, and you know, speaking of knowledge, that goes directly really to what I kind of want to cover this evening, and that is knowledge. And we hear so often about how knowledge is power, you know, and so people go out and they're really getting what they think is knowledge from some very poor resources, <laughs> and. Uh, they don't realize not only is knowledge power, but knowledge can be powerful in the wrong way. It can be knowledge can be damaging if it's the incorrect knowledge. I if told what people for a long time, mankind's most powerful weapon is his own mind. Right. These people are but defeating they, us simply with their minds by creating fear. 
That's a powerful weapon. Oh yeah, fear is used. Big, fear is used with everything. Fear, fear is used. And just as a reminder, everybody, the lines are open. This is supposed to be Q and A tonight. If people from the group have info they want to ask about, whatever, the lines are all open for everybody. Just say, "Yo, Brian, Keith, what's up?" Anyway, you know, when it comes to knowledge, it's really super important where it's coming from, and that you're not spewing crap. And uh, and when you stumble across stuff, you have to say, okay, where's this been used at? Has it been effective? Is anybody else doing it? Um, you have to look at it and say, okay, is it repeatable? Is it something that is observable? I mean, do, is this something that really works? And when you use some of those standards against it and they fail all those standards, yeah, you got to kind of toss those out. I mean... Go back, I mean, okay, we want to talk about quantum grammar. Um, go back to the Declaration of Independence. Was quantum grammar used? No, obviously it wasn't. Even with the word declaration, the viewpoint on quantum grammar says that, no, declaration means that there is no speech. There is no declaration. Right, uh, it's de-clarification. Right? right, so... Guess what? It wasn't used. Now, has a Declaration of Independence been observed? Absolutely, it's been observed. Has it freaking suited its purpose? Yes, it has. So did quantum grammar need to be used in order to make it effective and uh, and keep it from being null and void? Nope. Evidently, it didn't. Because And you won't find this, quantum grammar in the Bible. This was, exactly, and this was the grammar that is accepted. It is the language that is accepted. Just like a lot of people want to argue about what's money and what's not money. I'll tell you what money is. Money is what you and I agree upon as far as a medium of exchange. That's what money is. I don't care yeah, what any of the gurus want to say. That's what money is. It's what even we put the value Bible, in. Even the Bible is a commercial instrument. Remember, I told you it's written on paper. It is the most prolifically published piece of paper wherein it still, despite it being the word of God, can only be processed evidently through a commercial system because people don't know it well enough in their heart to be able to speak it verse for verse. People don't want to pay attention enough to the Bible to learn the Bible first and foremost. If you're going to memorize something, memorize that. Then none of their 8 million codes means a damn thing. Well, and, and this is what you're looking at as far, and I I, honestly, I think 562 was trying to jump in. I don't know if they wanted to add something or not. Um, but one of the things you really have to look at when it comes to scripture, you're looking at a different jurisdiction. And you're looking at what's happening today is what's called the double-minded man. They're wanting to live in one jurisdiction while they're actually submitting to a different jurisdiction. And how can you... Uh, on, on Sunday, you're going in, and people don't realize it, but you're going in, you're studying, and you're learning about the jurisdiction of the Creator. And then on Monday morning, you're jumping right back into the jurisdiction of mankind. And, you know, it takes nothing more than going to the first book of Samuel. I've posted it a couple times. One simple chapter there where Samuel is complaining to the Creator, he says, listen, these people want a God. 
I've mentioned this before. But you said the people want a God. They, they want they want a, a man God. They want an earthly God. They want a king, like all the other nations have. And the creator said to him, said, listen, if they, he said, number one, Samuel, they haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. And he said, and you let them know. If they want an earthly God, if they want an earthly king, then this is what's going to happen. Their sons are going to go to war and die in war. Their daughters will become maidservants. The crops of the field will be stolen by the king. They'll only get a small percentage of it. And guess what? And you've got to pay for it. Does that sound familiar? That's what's happening today. That's exactly what he promised would happen. Okay, so how do you reverse that? The only way you reverse that is you decide whose jurisdiction you're in. Period. When when they when they started asserting that they wanted a king, it's because they they lost communication with the king, the sovereign. And so when we think about the people that are able to operate in the correct capacity and be true educators of the knowledge of his wisdom, that's what we refer to as servant kings. People that have gone through life and they paid that homage to their father once every seven days. And they paid that homage to their mother earth every once every seven years. And upon that year of Jubilee, the 49th year, they were able to let the earth rest. And then on their 50th year, they get to retire and they go forth as teachers of the knowledge that they took the time and experienced and gained his wisdom of that knowledge by their own observations. And this is the importance of observing, recording, and reporting. You observe for the first beneficial years of your life to be a trustee, to learn how to be a trustee. Then you become age of majority. You become that trustee and you're still observing so that you can learn how to be the grantee. Once you become the grantee, now that you've observed everything, you continue observing for greater knowledge to assert your position and your capacity to be grantee. You know, Keith, that, that reminds me of something that I always mean to bring up and always forget, just because it's something I know. And it's hard for a lot of us to remember that what we know isn't what everybody else knows. You know what I mean? But uh, a lot of people have come to me over the years, and they, or the last five years, and they point out the name of the group. Tactical sovereignty. And they're like, oh, there's only one sovereign. It's like, or actually, here's what they say. There's only one true sovereign. That's important, okay? And, of course, there's only one true sovereign. But let, let me explain the name of the group. Tactical sovereignty. Tactical means there's a way of going about things. And then if you look at sovereignty, you'll notice it's in brackets, which means the idea is there, but it's not really part of the whole. In legal terms, it's the same thing. If you read a legal document, right, if you read something in a document and it's in brackets, it's not there, but it's part of the idea behind it, right? And when you look at sovereignty, uh, there is a second word that people need to be familiar with. And it's called suzerainty. Suzerainty is spelled the way it sounds. Uh, S-U-Z-R-E-N-T-Y. Okay. And suzerainty lays out 
basically the levels of sovereignty. Because we know there's only one true sovereign. Just like the best way to look at it really is what people are familiar with, which would be, say, for instance, whatever government you live in, whether it's Australia, England, um, United States of America, um, Canada, for instance, is laid out in provinces. Okay, Each one of those provinces have a level of suzerainty to them. They have oh, yeah. a sovereignty to themselves, but they are kind of a little bit of a lower level. Their sovereignty only applies within their borders. But then uh, they realize they're also part of a whole, just like the states are in the United States of America, which means that there is another sovereign above them, which in, say, for instance, of the United States of America would be the federal government, or in Canada, the federal government of Canada. This and, is where we get onion layers. Right. Onion layers. But it, it, one of the things I find fascinating is that a lot of these countries will claim, oh, our sovereign land, this and that. Number one, to be sovereign means you owe no one anything. Uh isn't the United States of America like $30 trillion in debt plus unfunded liabilities right now? Yeah, I think they owe a lot to somebody else. Are they sovereign? No. Can those people come and collect? Yeah. That actually might be what's happening right now, to tell you the truth. I hope so. <laughs> well, I don't know if I hope so or not. Um, as far as what's happening right now, as far as what's happening right now, I haven't brought it up, but um, I see two things happening in the background right now that aren't being talked about. We have to realize that everything that happened, it's just like the Titanic, when that occurred, when 9-11 happened, when anything happens, a civil war, there's always underlying things that are causing the surface reaction that the people see. And... What I see really occurring right now behind the scenes is uh, two things stick out at me. Number one, <clears throat> or actually maybe three. Um, number one would be, you know, people say, oh, we got to watch out for the new world order. We can't let the new world order in. Okay, I'm sorry. Has this whole pandemic occurred across the uh, world? It's happened in every nation. And it's been promoted and pushed, and lockdowns have been done by every government. Does that not tell you that there is a one-world government in control? It should. Um, at the same time, what also has been going on across the world in the banking industry is the banks have been feeling that each other are insolvent. They don't trust each other. And so they have not been lending each other money since... September of last year, they all turned to their Federal Reserve and said, you have to freaking bail us out because the banks have to zero out their accounts at the end of every business day. And so they were turning to the Federal Reserve to get their money to balance out at the end of every business day, which, you know, people freaked out when the big TARP bailout happened, which was eight. $900 million for the bank, something like that. 
well, you know what? Last time I counted, we're at like $7 trillion with these daily bailouts for the banks. So there's a banking issue. I think that's one thing that's being covered up. And the best way to do oh, yeah. that, it, the best way to do that is to create an economic contraction. How do you create well, an economic contraction? You shut down all the businesses. You keep people from going to work. This is the same thing as a banker's holiday back in the 1930s. Back in the 1930s, banker's holiday, they locked the bank doors because that's how all transactions were done. Today, everything is done by, by debit cards, credit cards, and things like that. So what's the best way to do it? Shut down the businesses, shut down everything where people would either be making money or using their cards to do banking at. They created a banker's holiday without having to physically lock the doors. But even if you look at the banks today, you have to make an appointment to go in. You see people lined out, lined up in front of the banks to go in. I just right? posted so, a comment. Yes. Yeah, I just uh, posted a I just posted a comment in the uh, chat section, Brian, and what you're talking about is specifically what they call credit clearing. Okay, comprehend right. this, people. This is the practice according to which a small group of banks need to make many payments to each other, as Brian stated, of adding up the payments and canceling them out before settlement of the remainder. That's unlawful. While clearing Absolutely. is about waiting for payment to go through credit, clearing is about canceling out payment with one coming in the opposite direction. This is the unlawful conversion they do with U.S. dollars, which are known to be letters of credit versus you and being demanded to make payments in Federal Reserve notes, which are par values at zero intrinsic value as promissory notes and not actual payments. And, and that's the if same they've thing already canceled out the payment, if they've already canceled out the payment, they can't order you to make payment if it's been canceled, let alone Bingo. in a different species. Bingo. And that's what you're going to find also if you research things with a birth certificate, you're going to come across a DTCC. Oh, what's a DC, DTCC? It's a clearinghouse. It's a clearinghouse. They're doing the same thing. Depository Treasury Clearinghouse. Yeah. Now, now the, the second or third thing that I see happening right now is I've been listening even before uh, these bank loans were happening with the Treasury. I was starting to really pay attention to the farmers. And listen to what the farmers were saying to each other. My uncle's a farmer. He's farmed everything from pigs to corn to milking cows, you name it. And I, I really started listening to the farmers and what they were saying to each other and what was happening with them and within their associations. And uh, there was a big slowdown on production being pushed. And uh, during this whole situation we've been experiencing here in the beginning of 2020. Um, I've seen fields like onion fields for these farmers where onions are piled a hundred feet high and they go on for acres rotting in the field. 
and they're saying that the problem is there's a break in the supply chain, basically because of the lack of need. You think of all the onions that, like, McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's or any of them might need, let alone all the independent restaurants that have been shut down, uh, and I would say a lot of them permanently, even a lot of the big corporate restaurants like Perkins or Shoney's, some of them are shutting down permanently. So the demand was gone. And at the same time, a lot of these farmers raising, for instance, beef cattle have been told, you've got to get rid of your cattle. But at the same time, now, you can't sell your cattle to somebody else within our association. You have to get rid of them some other way. Uh, bottom line, dig a hole and put a bullet in them. That's what they're saying. So there is something huge that's around the corner from us that, I mean, I, I don't make predictions, but to me, this is too obvious. Right around the corner from us is a big food shortage. And what they're going to do is they're going to turn around and they're going to blame this boogeyman called Certificate of Verification of Identification. <laughs> they're going to blame that on this whole situation, okay? But people don't realize that what's really happened, what these farmers have really been talking about since, actually for two years now, I've, I've found in blogs of um, people in Japan even talking about it. The problem has been a grand solar minimum in that the growing season was shorter. Um, there was flooding going on into the early summer. Uh, there was freezes starting earlier in the fall, and they were having a hard day. They figured that they might get off 40% of their crops if they were lucky. 40% of the norm they would get off every year. Um, now, go and compound that with the problem in the supply chain where there's so many restaurants not needing their product, and so the products are rotting in the field, we have a big issue at hand, something to pay attention to. And to me, that is one of the other things that's hiding behind the scenes. And probably to me, the biggest thing that should be important to us. If you look back over history and look at different nations, even one, 2,000 years ago, you will see that the sun had a huge effect on how nations grew or died. A lot of them died completely. Um, I was looking at a study done on grand solar minimums and maximums. And they basically laid out a, a map that showed a few thousand years of maximums and minimums. And they thought, hold on. This would be interesting if we took this map and overlaid it on a timeline for world history. And they put it over, a, over Asia. And lo and behold, imagine this. These dynasties that grew and fell and grew and fell were in direct accordance with the grand solar minimums. A Ming dynasty in China would go up. Then all of a sudden there would be a, a grand solar minimum. And the people would think, oh, the gods are angry at our leaders. So they would bring in a new one. And by the time they brought in the new one and they got established, 
the, the grand summer minimum was over, and all of a sudden, crops would start doing good again. And they go, oh, okay, the gods like this guy. And then when it started going down again, they think, oh, they must have done something to anger the gods. You know, so, and you could see this spike up and down. It was amazing. It was amazing. And, but what I, I think we can find see the fascinating. I think we can see the same thing in our natural waterways. If you do some research on a guy named Victor Schauberger, I'll send you a link. I've, I've seen his stuff, yeah. But, but to me, here's the thing. Especially, you think of what was going on, say, with the dynasties in Asia and what's going on today. What's happening? What's really happening? What's really happening is the powers that be who have placed their ass on the seat of the most holy and want you to look at them as God don't want you to realize there's a higher power controlling everything. Because if they admitted that, then they mean nothing to us anymore. It tells us right then, oh, you know what? We're, wor we're worshiping the wrong God. We're worshiping man. We shouldn't be worshiping man. We shouldn't be working for man. Worship and work mean the same thing. That's where the word work comes from. Work, workshop, worship. They come from the same place. Oh, and it says right in Romans 13, first verse, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. And I believe well, I, I was also told that he knew me before I was in the belly. And that when I came as from the belly, he ordained and sanctified myself as a prophet among the nations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what it, I'm supposed to sing his word. Yeah, that's what it says in Psalms. And, and here's the thing. You were sanctified in the belly. That means you were placed under a different jurisdiction. And then you were born. And what would you do? You decided to switch jurisdictions. So who's to blame here? Who is really to blame here? And, you know, and, and as far as now, what you were uh, quoting there, Keith, really comes from uh, Paul. And I could get into the Paul situation. Um, in fact, maybe I should. Well, I've, I've heard Paul, about the controversy. I don't get into it too much because I still listen to the message, you know. Right. Well, but I, well, I understand. A lot of the message is correct. But I think we need to be able to pick out the meat and spit out the bones. You know what I mean? And so when he says that the powers that exist were ordained by a higher power, uh, I kind of disagree with that. I think that was a little bit of the BS that he threw into the truth. The truth was nothing but a vehicle, a vehicle to spread lies. Okay, And I think that he was used by the state to keep the people in line. He, he was reportedly at the feet of Gamaliel, who was the most noted scholar at the time, Pharisee. Paul was a Pharisee. Uh, Gamaliel was uh, part of the Sadducees. These were not well, the think, friends of so-called Christianity. Right. I think he was one of the first ones that converted the word. And, and the reason I say this is because we, we think of that word higher powers. And when when I, through my study and stuff, I've come to realize 
that there's so much contention on the way we use the word today that a lot of times we forget to go back. And one of my favorite ways of going back to things is the maxims of equity. Every man is worthy of his hire. So the higher powers are those powers within oneself to be self-determined and contract in his own words. Well, if That's you go the through, higher power in each and one of us. Ye are gods. Ye well, control you go, your own words. If you go to what Paul said and wrote, uh, and the the famous quote, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. Okay, and you're referencing that with powers. Um, if you go into uh, the original Hebrew. Um, and let me let me slip this in. We are taught that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written in Greek. Um, that's been found to be totally incorrect. The entire scripture was written in Hebrew, including the books that were not included. Okay, uh, I really love when I listen to different people that. They say, oh, King James only, you know, if you want to follow something, you got to listen to the King James. And then I listen to them, and they're teaching from the book of Jubilee. They're teaching from the book of Enoch. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, hold on a minute. And people will come to me, and they'll be like, yeah, but, you know, those books weren't canonized. I'm like, why do I care if they're canonized or not? I'm not Catholic. Canonized means they're approved by the Vatican. So who gives a crap? But... Um, somebody came to me about almost two years ago, and I, I would love to find details on this, but, um, a lot of the Jayish people that were taken from Europe and that some of them that fled, for instance, to Russia, Russia confiscated a lot of their writings, a lot of their scrolls. And here, about a year and a half ago, a lot of these scrolls were opened up at, in the museum in Russia. And people from Israel and journalists flocked to go there. You can't take them, but they could photograph them or they could look at them. And isn't it amazing? Those scrolls for the New Testament were all in Hebrew. They weren't in Greek. That means the Greeks translated it from hebrew so right there boom now you've got a problem with things being translated correctly uh for instance when yeshua said you know you who are heavy laden and weighed down come to me and i will give you rest they left out like a sentence in there the sentence was heavy laden from what he said heavy laden from the demands of the church come to me He's saying, you don't need the church. You don't need the state's church. You come to me. And that, so that was just one of the little nuances in there. I, I think I keep hearing somebody try and cut in. So, Keith, if, let's just pause for a minute. I keep hearing a chirp. Well, I haven't been right. trying to chime in, but I will say that I've been listening. Uh, I know Keith and Brian. Uh, just sitting here listening to you guys go back and forth is just, just great. I'm really enjoying it. Um, learning a lot of things from you guys and uh, 
I've found Keith to be bringing the Word of God and the Bible into the common knowledge or common sense understanding. And Keith, you've been very helpful. I just wanted to say that. Thanks, guys. Glory goes to him. Like we were talking earlier in the meeting, it's about it, it, it's not necessarily about their quantum grammar. It's about quantum everything. Just making things simple will shed well, so much fear. Keith, Keith, uh, why don't you tell people what quantum actually means? Uh, pull up a definition and read it if you want. When we think of quantum um, in the in what I'll call the general sense, what I believe the most common usage of it is, would be, like I said, simple. When we talk about quantum mathematics, we we tend to think that it's all this trigonometry and everything, when it's actually in its basic simpl simplicities, if you just observe reality, rather than what they try to portray to you. You observe Mother Nature, and you'll see all the Fibonacci um, spirals. Um, you read about Victor Vor uh, Schauberger, and you'll, you'll comprehend deeper the Fibonacci spiral and the way the water works in creating its own energy and therefore being living water. And it has to follow its natural course because it provides for that Fibonacci curve. When we start damming it up, it stops that natural uh, Fibonacci curve and it starts dying. There's two different elements of, uh, or two different phases of liquid water that most people aren't familiar with. They're familiar with H2O, but not H3O2. So when we think about the quantum, we're gonna get down to the basic simplicities of it. And quantum itself here in regular dictionary terms says, quantum me uh, mechanics is a fundamental theory in physics fundamental being the base word your foundation foundation isn't in numbers it's in the word and the word is actually a vibration when you actually start observing the vibration whether it be a color vibration through light light vibration um, black for instance is the absorption of all the light it passes through and it absorbs. And so you see black on the surface. That's why black red. guys hold freaking heat. Right. And so when you have red on the surface, it's actually the, the surface is only rejecting the red. It's absorbing everything else. So when you see a white surface, it's rejecting everything and giving white back. You don't well, see any colors. Like, like I've said, that's why grass is green. It's because of the frequency. That's why it's green. Right. And, and it, goes, it, it goes on to say theory in physics that describes the physical properties of the universe at small scales. So instead of dealing with billions and billions and billions, why don't we just get down to the simple fact of one of a whole? And that's quantum mathematics right there. But it's spoken of in the word. The scriptures as it's written. Well, I'm part of a whole. What is the whole? 
It includes you. It includes that door. It includes that wall. It includes that bike. It includes the rabbits out there. It includes that green grass he was talking about. It includes the dead grass that used to be green and is now brown. It's ever-changing. And I am all of that as a part. Seven, seven, five. How are you doing? Oh, maybe you are unmuted and don't realize it. That's all right, 775. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I've found, <coughs> I've worked a lot in the field of, like, frequencies, um, plasma, things like that. And it really opened my perspective and realization and, and looking at different things such as scripture where it says the word was God the word was within God you know uh, when Yeshua said I am in you you are in me um, when we come to the realization that the creator is everything he's everywhere he's omnipotent he's omnipresent okay what else would fit into that definition the only thing that would fit into that definition is frequency, because everything is a frequency. Uh, that pen vibration. you're holding, the pen you're holding, the piece of paper you're writing on, those are all created by a frequency. Those are but all part of creation. Multiple frequencies. You have you have a physical frequency that makes it a physical object. You have a light frequency. That makes it a distinguished set of colors. You've got another physical property that says, like that pen, you can take part of that physical property, remove it, and place it somewhere else in a different character or a different phase. Well, you know, since we're speaking of frequency, um, you got got to bring up uh, Dr. Hiramoto, okay, out of Japan, Dr. Hiramoto. And I, I use some of his technology at home. And what he showed was that even words have a frequency. Even, And he did it with plants. He did it with water. He did it a lot, really, with water. And he would have, yeah, for instance, yeah, he would have, for instance, two different containers of water. One, he would have a group of people once a day go in and speak. Give it words like, I hate you. You know, I'm going to get revenge on you. You're horrible. You're bad. And then he would have another group of people go to another jar of water and say, I love you. You're awesome. You're beautiful. And then he would go and he would freeze parts of that water and cut off slices microscopically and look at them. And the ones with the positive thoughts look like snowflakes. Different variations of snowflakes, they're beautiful designs. Whereas the slices that he cut off from the ones that were given all of the negative words, they were they look like mud. He said it was muddy, it was cloudy, it was distorted. And because it it, I, I, it, I, it it physically altered that Fibonacci uh, spiraling sequence, yeah, vibration, yeah. And that's and that's very important. Like I said, with the water too, the water operates in a vortex manner, 
And when we put dams on it and think that that's going to help us with our irrigation and stuff, what happens, in fact, especially with this industrial farming, is that they actually pack down the soil over a number of years. And that makes a hard surface. So the water raining down can't drain in and it runs off causing the riverbanks to fill up and flood anyway, despite how um, how much effort we put into trying to dam them up. Why well, we have to All get right. back to just flood. That, that keeps the water in that positive state, that right, positive Keith. vibration. Keith, how, how much of the earth has water? What percentage? Well, I can't, I can't honestly answer that. According to the statistics, though, it says uh, what the earth is covered by... Uh, uh, five sevenths water, or three right. three fifths water. Yeah, that's about. Yeah, it's around seventy percent, seventy three percent. Now, how much of your body is water? Same. The same thing. Gosh, isn't that amazing? Oh, well, oh wait, weren't we made from the earth? <laughs> yep. yep. And weren't we given so, the breath of life? And in fact, weren't we, as we just discussed, ordained and sanctified before we came out of the womb, therefore haven't even taken a breath of life. Therefore, don't we first have dominion of water, no matter what they claim? We had our jurisdiction. Were we, were we not considered a person of the future in expectation before we were born? Is that not the true person, the one that hasn't been or has not yet been unveiled? Once we unveil that person and accept him inside of ourselves and resurrect him in a new name and reorganize him with a new council. Yeah, a, a natural person. That's what a natural person really is. And it, I want to touch on something you just mentioned there because you talked about the creator breathing the breath of life into us, okay? And I think this is very important, and I think this ties in directly to what I want to cover with this call this evening is where we get our information from, what we think is real, because so many people just grab stuff as real without examining it and finding if it really holds water. I'll pardon the pun, all right? But when you look at what was written, go to... Uh, the uh, Jerusalem description of the Bible, whatever you want to go to. Um, it, it says that the creator breathed his breath of life into our nostrils. Okay. To me, that is extremely important. Why did he breathe the breath of life into our nostrils? Number one, our mouth. Why not breathe it into our mouth? Our mouth takes in unclean things. It can also speak unclean things. Why not our ears? Our ears can hear unclean things. What about our eyes? Our eyes can see and view unclean things. The, uh, how about your butt? Your butt spews out crap. Your hand, according to the good works or the darkness of the works that people write, is unclean. Right. If you draw something in figure and do it in a manner that it embarrasses or or libels or slanders somebody in some sense, defames them, that too is not a good work. 
<laughs> well, and but and here's the thing: your nostrils, while your nostrils, Keith. If you smell a daisy, it smells the same to you as it smells to me. If you smell a dead body, it smells the same to you as it does to me. Now, a lot of different smells, depending on our experiences. I, I had experiences when I was in a coma that when I smell different things, it reminds me of certain stuff. And so, yeah, it will make a change. But where does that change happen? It happens in my brain. It doesn't happen in the nostril. The nostrils always recognize the same exact thing. And that's why the breath of life came in there. Um, somebody else was trying to come in. And so I want to pause for a second. I believe it was a female. Um, if that was the case, you're breaking up. Type something into the chat and I'll try and bring you in. That way I'll recognize who you are on the board. You can, yeah, raise your hand or type something in the chat, yeah. yeah. I've got all lines open right now. All right, that looks like a view of a hospital room. Uh, it's Reverend Kenneth R. Jenkins. Looks like he's vacuuming. Yeah, he, he's he's unmuted and he doesn't realize it. Yeah, if you I don't plan him. on saying anything or you don't want to say anything, just mute yourself out. <laughs> it's that easy. But I muted him. Anyway, uh, what time is it now? It's after ten. We've been on for an hour. Um, I really think it's important that people not just grab the first info they hear. And think, oh, this is a holy grail. You need to weigh it. You know, it, well, it, like the like the scale. Is it lighter than a feather? I mean, what what is your soul like? We need to weigh things out and see if they really make sense. Um, yeah, go go into some of the old documents. Are are they going in there and using colon, semicolon, full colon? I, I'm sorry, if you've got a full colon, um, there's doctor's remedies for that. Evidently, uh, you've got some stoppage going on, but and like I said, I I've got some experience with some some Amish communities around here, so I've stopped and you know I used to have a uh, a, a delivery route, and uh, some of them were my customers, and you know so I got to speak to them a few times here and there, and they had a little their little Amish school, and I got to learn about their lifestyle. And one of the things I learned about was some of their documentation, and like Brian said, you don't see that stuff. You see concise english and when you look at it it seems odd at first but at the same time it's so natural and i i hope you guys in whatever travels you do take the time stop at your amish communities in the area and speak with them ask them to see their documents sometime you know once you get they're going to be skittish they don't want to tell you this stuff they they're very aware of people and the way they speak. And when you go in there speaking to them in your tongue, the way you do today, without comprehending that, that very fact that they speak concise English from their heart, they will be standoffish. But once you get to know them through regularity, you can find ways to, you know, Hey, what do you, 
and they'll show you they'll show you books that they wrote themselves and they are spiritual and they are family registers and they are death records and they are birth records and they are communions and they are gatherings and they are commands you you don't you don't have any authority over us with your legislation and believe you me the police do not and they know it and that's why they leave them alone yeah, Keith, uh, Keith, I totally agree. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like all those communities have gotten infiltrated and they're even starting to go out and apply for social security cards and stuff like that. But but what you're talking about with the writing is so important. I mean, a lot of, well, not a lot of, most of what I read is at least 100 years old. And at first, it took me a minute to catch on, but once I caught on, I, I comprehend earlier you were talking about um, Robert Michael's video. And in that video, he said, he said, you know what? He said, I look at things that people write in comments and stuff, and I have no clue what they're even saying. It doesn't even make sense. It's grammatically totally incorrect. And, yeah, some of these people are trying to use freaking quantum grammar. Yeah, good luck with that, guys. But, you okay. know, people today have dumbed down so much you know the word your you can spell it like four different ways it has four different meanings but what do they write they write you are the letter u and the letter r how do you even know what that means i mean i'm sorry are we all drinking that freaking green kool-aid or what was that movie from the 80s you know where yeah. if you were intelligent <laughs> you were looked at as an idiot <laughs> Well, oh. the, the basics, the way I see it, um, I think people need to realize that in that uh, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, where the estate is established, the trust is established through the grant, and the parties are named, and their duties are, are, are named. Their benefit is, is foretold as well. This is the prosperity and abundance. And when we look at the abundance, it is a a, bund, ants. Ants is the action of bunding a thing. A thing is in bond. Bund coming from band. Band being a man's tribe. This is very important in the tribunal. A bund dance, tribunal, trinity. You each have a trinity in you. You are your own tribe. You have to establish your own tribunal to prove that you are of sound mind, to speak the truth and act accordingly, to provide that you have the ability to contract in every manner in your natural capacity, first and foremost. Uh, you know what, that, that reminds me of something that really needs to be touched on that I have yet, to, I don't think I've ever touched on it on any of these calls. But it's one of the first stumbling blocks that I came across, and I still be, I still see it thrown in people's face today. And that is common law. And people saying, oh, you got to follow common law. you got to make them follow common law. They're not following common law. All this common law garbage. I'm sorry, it's garbage. If you really learn what common law is, number one, 
Why did people come over here to America or to this continent? They came, number one, because they, and it's quoted, they were tired of the overbearing common law of the king. They were tired of what he was pushing on them. And I would also back up and say, the people, the pilgrims that came here, they didn't come from England. No, they came from the islands. They came from uh, actually west of England, if you go to the islands and look there, because they were trying to seek a way out. They went there. They were there for 15 years, and then they decided to leave that area and then come to America. Okay? America wasn't first choice. All right? Anyway, and by the time they got here, the land, the, the king of France already owned all this land. Anyway, common law is, like Carl Lund says, it is a law that's common to a people. Well, guess what? In the United States of America, United States, however you want to look at it, the common law is the codes, statutes, regulations, and bullshit handed down through public law by Congress and by your state. That's the common law here. If you go to the Middle East, the common law there might be Sharia law. If you go to Canada, they are following their own uh, PL, public law, that they've written. And in fact, Canada is even starting to adopt Sharia law. Okay? So be very careful when you say you want to follow common law. I've had people send me recordings, like I've said. People send me recordings of them in court and things like that. And I always hear in these recordings people demanding common law. We are going to follow common law here. The judges always agree to it. They never have a problem with it. Why is that? Because a judge's common law isn't necessarily just court cases, but it's also the codes, statutes, and regulations. So you're falling right into their trap. So all these people pushing common law out there, this is stuff that's been implanted into the truth community or into these societies to get people to stay in the same trap. Where is your law at? Your law is supposed to be from on high, not here. This, this is the importance of realizing how to use the concept of the common law. And this is our, our substantive law today is supposed to follow the course of the common law. The common law in its substantive right is still a subscription to what was prescribed. This is your only access to the court of equity. If you're going to use maritime law against them, you have to come in the common law under admiralty to enforce a commercial lien. If you're going to come in equity, it's forgive me my debts as I forgive them who are indebted to me. We're going to clear the close the account out, balance everything to zero, and I'm done with you suckers. Right. Well, you know, and if, and if you're trying to push the Admiralty Law, I mean, it, it's a war against Pisces and Aries, if people really realize that. Um, and that's what's going on over and over. It goes in cycles. Um, and, and, well, and can like, you explain like said, real quick, Brian? You just said that it's it's a war between Pisces and Aries. Can you explain to these guys what that means? It's the laws of the water against the laws of the air. And who's the god of the air? There's a separate god of the air. There's a separate god 
there's a separate God that has been placed over the water, over the land, and over the air. All separate gods. And then even when it comes to the land, it breaks down. Certain regions of land have certain gods over them. Why do you think life and lifestyles are so different in Asia than they are in Europe? Why do you think stuff seems so different in Europe than it is here? How come is it that we hear so little about life in Asia? It's almost like it's an isolated place. Why? They're under a separate entity. And it, you know what? When it comes down to it, I saw a post the other day. Somebody said, how are you going to free the world? Well, you know how you're going to free the world? You're not. You can only free yourself, period. That is the only one. When you stand at the judgment throne, if there is such a thing, when you stand at the judgment throne, who do you have to answer for? You don't have to answer. I don't have to answer for Keith. I don't have to answer for Derek Gonzalez. I don't have to answer for freaking Robert Mike. I don't have to answer for Robert Gould or Anna Von Reitz. I have to answer for me. Period. And what I've done. That's it. And I have to live my life accordingly. It says the truth shall make you free. And like I tell everybody all the time, your truth isn't my truth. My truth isn't your truth. We've lived two different experiences. Though we may see a lot of things similar and a lot of things common. And I may I may love the hell out of you and agree with 99% of what you say. But there's that one tiny little bit that might be different that and what I, I gotta show that I'm a part of you and you're a part of me, but we're both a part of a whole, and that's what counts. Not and, us individually. Right. And what Keith and I are talking about is not social justice. Okay. A lot of what we're hearing right now with BLM or different things like that. And I could go into what BLM really is. Uh, In fact, I'll just tell you, go research the antebellum period of America and you'll find out what BLM means. All right. Antebellum. Um, But this isn't about social justice. That's been pushed right now by so many organizations. And when people hear this, let me, let me just let you know what social justice is. Social justice is when a prosecutor or attorney stands up and somebody's being accused of a crime. Say a gentleman is being accused of murder. Here's an example of social justice. They will say, oh, but this, this gentleman grew up in a home that was riddled with sex. It was riddled with drug abuse. The father was beating the mother all the time. The father never had a job. They were on welfare. They never went to church. The kid never learned right from wrong. So you need to give a lesser penalty to him. Whereas then somebody else, they say, oh, well, this gentleman... He went to a Bible-believing church. He, he went to a, actually a Christian school. Uh, he, he was on X and X committees. He, he knew all this stuff. So, yeah, you should throw the book at that dude because he absolutely knew what was right and wrong. No, I'm sorry. Social justice is BS. Either it's right to kill someone or it's wrong to kill someone. And it yeah. shouldn't depend on how you were brought up that tells you that. That is, uh, what is it called? It was written on your heart. 
your conscience. Exactly, and that goes, and that correlates exactly with um, Reverend Kenneth uh, Jenkins here. He's got an excellent question, and I want to say thanks for it because it coincides, like I said, with what Brian just said. If the if the law is common law, so then why doesn't why isn't the law for everyone? Well, as as Brian said, the law is supposed to be written in your heart. So anything that man puts down as law isn't really law. It's a subscription to what was prescribed already in another man's heart. And like I said, what might be written in your heart may not be written in my heart. We have different truths. And so we have to go about and do our best in the sense of love thy neighbor. And this is the importance of law. This is what's supposed to be written in your heart. The basic commandment is to love thy father in heaven with all thy heart, body, and soul. To honor thy father in heaven. To honor thy mother in earth. For thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And to love thy neighbor as thyself. As long as you have done this, you have fulfilled the law. And remember, people, I'm not here to destroy the law. I am here to fulfill the law. And that is purely, like I said, peace, man. I don't want no more to do with you. Let's call it even. I'm done. Settle the account. Bring it to zero. You're not obligated to me anymore. I'm not obligated to you anymore. We each know our obligations and they are separate and distinct. Have a good day. Yeah. Let my yay be my yay and my nay be my nay. Yeah. And, you know, and I would have to say to uh, who typed that into the chat that, you know what, unfortunately in today's system, uh, person number A or person number B are not treated the same way. They're treated differently. And right. that is totally wrong. And like I said, why is it wrong? Go back to the book of Samuel and find out why the people wanted an earthly king, why they want an earthly God, and you'll find out why the system today is wrong because it's based on man. And man is fallible. You know, even when I was speaking earlier in reference to Paul, you know, it. Gosh, there's so many things there. But things I, I, I read, but Paul wrote a good chunk of the New Testament. And so much of it, I had already learned by reading extracurricular books, like the Book of Hermes, the Secret Book of Lilith. I, a book of Hermes, uh, um, the Corpus Hermeticum, it was talking about the infallibility or the fallibility of mankind. Our, our, our corpus, our body was was not honorable it wasn't true it, it well, couldn't it couldn't consist of honor and and so and it talked about the flesh the corruptibility of the flesh and so then when you go and you read that in like hebrews it's like oh my gosh i know exactly where paul got this from it's from this book right. of the the uh corpus hermeticum that was written two thousand years ago he was reading that same book in fact, he actually wrote things almost line by line from the Corpus Hermeticum and from yeah, this, the secret book of Lilith. And, 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 this, and this is true and in, in, uh, reaffirmed in the King James Version of the Bible. I can't remember what verse, but we are to sacrifice our bodies. 
And this is what tells us that we are, we are to hold our spirit and soul above all else. And that is our honor, trust, faith, love, integrity, respect, reverence, admiration for each other as equals. And people and are sacrificing. People are sacrificing their bodies. If you are living your life representing that birth certificated person, the entity created by the state, you are committing fornication. Fornication means giving over the body. You are giving over the body to the state for what they created. That's fornication. But, all right, I, I keep going. Uh, we've been on for over an hour. Keith, what do you think? Thanks, everybody, yeah, for being sounds, here. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, if anybody's got any last word to say, please speak up now. Um, otherwise, we're going to leave out of here and let everybody know if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be doing this. How about you, Brian? Hey, exactly the same thing here. Yeah, did somebody want to jump in? Yeah, or did I they just, just say thank to... you? No, yeah, Brian, this, this is Chad. Chad in Minnesota. I just wanted to say thanks, guys. I appreciate the call. Absolutely. Thanks for being here, Chad. Brian, Keith, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, you're kind of faint. Can you speak up just a little? Yeah, can you hear me better now? Uh, about the same. A bit. Okay. Uh, this is Ken. Um, could you expound a little more on what you were saying, Keith, about balancing the accounts? I mean, we're all dealing with these issues and the birth certificated person, et cetera. Just, just elaborate a little bit on what you mean when you say balance the accounts, please. When we're talking about balancing the accounts um, in the commercial sense, what they've got is they've got that birth certificate out there and they're using what's called a marketable title. That marketable title is, is theirs. They're using it in their incorporation and through their um, fraudulent assignments and stuff, They've got you uh, um, operating in a presumed capacity, and you're assuming that capacity as well because of the way we've been educated. I did it for many years myself. And what we've got to come to realize is that account is actually a, a legal fiction. And so it's an assumption to begin with. When we break that assumption and say, okay, we realize the assumption, here we're breaking the presumption, I forgive you your trespasses as I ask for you forgive any mistakes I might have made. But now I'm done. He's my true ledger. He's my true judge. We're not going to let you judge my mistake, My mistake was using your game piece on the Monopoly board, so take back the top hat. I'm out of here. <laughs> And, and basically, in, in that uh, commercial sense, they, they've got these processes. Brian was talking about secured party uh, uh, creditor and stuff. But just by knowing the process or having somebody that knows how to use it and prove that it works, um, that's proof in and on and for the record that you don't even need to use the process anymore. Just write up an affidavit that you know how it works and you hereby command that it be done that way according to the operational law. Well, you know what? Let me add to that, <laughs> Keith. Let me add to that, Keith. Uh, people could look up um, non-corporate capacity. An affidavit of, or I, I would prefer to do a declaration of non-corporate capacity. And corporate doesn't always mean corporation. Everybody says, oh, they think you're a corporation. No, they don't. 
You're not a corporation. That's too easy to prove. Now, corporate can be many things, like partnerships. I mean, organizations, limited partnerships. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't mean corporation. But uh, look up affidavit of non-corporate capacity, which is also, uh, to me, the same as non-representative capacity. I am not representing the organization that you created titled Office of Person. I, I'm out of that. That's your world. That's your system. That's your battlefield. I'm not stepping onto the battlefield. I have a different jurisdiction, and it came from my creator when he knew me in the belly and sanctified me there. If you have any questions in trying to present evidence of this, you can come to me anytime. I got all kinds of information about the Treasury Direct Account, that beneficiary, um, trust law. The uh, the the basic uh, maximum of trust law is that beneficiary is considered to be the true owner. So if I'm the intended beneficiary, then I'm not the trustee. <laughs> so as trust. And we also know the maximum law that a trust shall not fail for want of trustee. And as beneficial, as beneficiary, I'm considered to be the true owner. And the true owner means I give out the grant, means I do the assignments. So therefore, I have the right to take away your assignment as well and place in the trust a new trustee. You know what, Keith? I, I think I'm going to close out with one idea here. Because a lot of people listen to different episodes like this and others because they've got pending things coming up, whether it's a you know, traffic case or whatever. So I'm going to close with one thought. When you are there in front of them and they ask for you, say simply one thing. Um the trustees have been named and the beneficiary is present. If they say what, say it a second time. If they say what, say it a third time. The trustees are here, or they've been named rather, the trustees have been named and the beneficiary is present. And watch the head start spinning. <laughs> guess, guess, guess who was named trustee? Yep. The state. Yep. The they're, they're, they're the ones that are supposed to be responsible. All right, guys. Everybody, have a good night. Until next Sunday night. Uh, thanks, Keith. Uh, any statement you want to close out with? Nope. Just as always, uh, if it weren't for you guys, I wouldn't be doing this. God bless. Love y'all. Same here. And the trustees have been named, and the beneficiary is present. Good night, everybody. Good night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.